Only six people have ever had their Irish citizenship taken away from them. It's not unlikely, and there are many reasons. For example, a serious fraud at the time of applying for citizenship. But Algerian-born Ali Sharaf Damash is a special case. He became an Irish citizen when he married an Irish woman. But he's also a convicted Islamic terrorist, now serving a prison sentence in the United States. Irish Times crime and security correspondent Conor Gallagher. One of his main goals was to carry out the assassination of a Danish cartoonist who had uh, drawn a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad. When Damash gets out of prison, he wants to return to Ireland. It's part of his plea deal in the United States and his Irish citizenship earned the ISIS terrorist a shorter sentence. But the Department of Justice here is set to introduce a new system for stripping citizenship, which means that can't happen. By engaging in Islamic terrorism, he broke his oath. So the oath that everyone takes when they become a citizen of the country, an oath of fidelity and loyalty to the state. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, the Islamic terrorist forcing big change at the Department of Justice. Connor, who is Irish citizen Ali Sharaf Damash and why are we hearing about him now? Well, Damash is an Algerian-born man who lived in France for a number of years and in around the year 2000 moved to Cork. Uh, He worked in a sales job there in Cork for a while, enrolled in UCC and in 2002 married an Irish woman and that granted him... uh, the right to Irish citizenship. So he then became uh, an Irish citizen. That relationship later broke down for unknown reasons. Um, And at some point in the 2000s, he became involved, very involved in Islamic terrorism, specifically recruiting others to carry out terrorist acts. So was he trying to recruit in Ireland or was he abroad at this point? He was primarily trying to use uh, the internet to recruit people um, and basically establish a terrorist uh, cell in Europe. So he was living in Ireland for a good portion of this time, but also lived in France uh, for some of this time where he has a daughter. Now, Damas, uh, his MO was to basically court and groom young women, uh, specifically white Western-looking women in the belief that these would be less suspicious and could cross borders and checkpoints more easily to carry out uh, terrorist attacks. And he successfully groomed at least two women in this regard. And and one of his main goals was to uh, carry out the assassination of a a Danish cartoonist uh, who had uh, drawn a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad, which is against the rules of Islam and enraged many Muslims worldwide and resulted in a huge amount of death threats towards this cartoonist. And it was one of the masses' missions uh, to orchestrate the assassination of this cartoonist. And that was one of the reasons he was recruiting people. So then in 2019, uh, the Minister for Justice, that's Charlie Flanagan at the time, he moved to revoke Damash's Irish citizenship. Why? So the specific reason for revoking the masses' Irish citizenship was that he broke his oath. 
so the oath that everyone takes when they uh, become a citizen of the country, an oath of fidelity and loyalty to the state. So by engaging in Islamic terrorism, um, and this was after he had been convicted in a US court of engaging in Islamic terrorism and, 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 and jailed, he had broke his oath of fidelity to the Irish state. This was part of a, a kind of a new initiative to revoke the citizenship of people who had gained it through naturalization or through marriage to an Irish person. So under the 1956, I think, Act, the Minister of Justice can revoke citizenship that has been granted to someone. So if you were born in this country and are a citizenship, a citizen by birthright, you uh, can't have your 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 citizenship revoked. But if you're a naturalized citizen, as in someone who had been granted citizenship by the state, then that can be revoked. Uh, now, for many decades, that power went unused. It just kind of lay dormant there. But in 2015, the government started as kind of the population, the immigrant population increased, more and more people were applying for citizenship. They decided they wanted to start taking a closer look at maybe some of these cases and to have a system in place where they could revoke it if they felt uh, necessary. And in 2015, they started revoking a small number of citizenships. Mm. Now, by 2019, you say he was already in a US jail. He'd been extradited and he was in prison. But he used his Irish citizenship as part of his plea in in, in the United States, didn't he? Yes. So he was facing basically sp- spending the rest of his life in a high security prison uh, in the United States. So with that in mind, he worked out a plea deal with US prosecutors that he would plead guilty basically to all offences and would consent to his deportation after the completion of his sentence. Um, and in return, he got a 15-year sentence instead of a 45-year sentence. So he, being an Algerian and Irish citizen, meant he could be deported to two countries. And the Irish government saw this and said, well, we don't want him back here. Um, so that's why they moved to revoke his citizenship there. Now, the reason they're able to do it is because he had Algerian citizenship. So there's international law states you can't leave someone stateless. So if for some reason he had only Irish citizenship and say the Algerians had also revoked the citizenship, you couldn't revoke his citizenship because that would leave him stateless. Mm. Um, but because he's Algerian citizenship, by the fact that he was born there, the state can revoke his citizenship. Now, Damas uh, very much wants to keep his Irish citizenship, not necessarily because he wants to live here, but because he wants to live in France, where his daughter lives. And uh, obviously, Irish citizenship gives him the right to live to, in, in France. In the EU. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, as you say, the powers given to the minister for justice under the Constitution, under this this act in the Constitution, the Irish Citizenship and Naturalisation Act from 1956, wasn't used very much. And then in 2018, I suppose, as became aware that we need to sort of, you know, have another look at the act, there was a committee of inquiry into revocations set up. What was its remit? So that was a committee uh, established by the Minister for Justice to es- examine uh, proposed revocation cases uh, and advised the minister on whether they should proceed or not. And was there a particular glut of them at the time or was, like, why? Uh, there was, yeah, they were starting to filter through the system, you know. Um, so it started in 2015 with a small handful and then they uh, started to build up and it was decided there need to be some sort of advisory thing rather than just some uh, civil servants kind of deciding uh, on an ad hoc basis. Uh, so this was um, established uh, and it I think it went through eight 
eight cases um, and issued reports on on, on these people uh, to the minister. But crucially, it did not have the final say. It was only set up to advise the minister and it was the minister who made the final decision. Now, in 2019 also, while he was in prison in the United States on terrorism charges, Dimash appealed the revocation of his Irish citizenship and he appealed to the Irish Supreme Court and he successfully won. What were the findings of the Supreme Court? So the Supreme Court's view was that the revoking of a person's citizenship is a, a very big deal. You know, sort of sending someone to jail for a long time, it's perhaps one of the most extreme ways the state can infringe your, your rights. Uh, and for that reason, it needs to have very stringent oversight and um, independent oversight. So the Supreme Court looked at the Masses case and found that this three-person committee that advises the minister, while it was independent, it didn't have the final say, basically. So basically, the minister was free to uh, ignore it um, entirely if they wanted. So the Supreme Court's view was that there needs to be entirely independent oversight process for this. So basically, they struck down several parts of that 1956 Act uh, and basically telling the executive that they need to redraft the laws here and put a new system in place. Coming up, I continue my conversation with Conor Gallagher after this short break. Dimash's revocation of his Irish citizenship, it's not the only case pending. There are, we think, about 40 others. Are any of them as serious as Dimash's? I mean, I mean, he's charged with terrorism offences. Is there international terrorism offences? Is, is there any others serious as that, or is that the bar? N- not only is he charged, he's convicted, yeah. and, and he's probably the the most high profile and, and most serious Islamic terrorist to, who's an Irish citizen to be convicted anywhere in the world. But yes, he's very much at the extreme end of things, as far as we know. Obviously, most of these other one. Cases haven't been made public. Uh, as I said, uh, there was about 40 cases pending when the Supreme Court struck the law down in 2021. So the mass would be an outlier. Most of the other cases relate to basically fraud. Someone who was found to have been lying when they filled out their forms to apply for citizenship. Oh, okay. So that could be lying about anything, really. It's a fraud to lie in an official form like that. So they might have lied that they'd no criminal convictions in another country, and then it might have emerged that they did. Or they might have lied about what country they came from. Could be any number of things, but it's mostly on that more minor end of things. Uh, As some cases, actually, there's voluntary revocation of citizenship as well. I don't know how many, but some states, uh, if you want to become a citizen of a certain number of countries, they will insist that you give up any other citizenship you might hold. So in some cases, that was the basis for the the citizenship being revoked. Connor, you've reported that 2024 is going to be the year that there's going to be new procedures and oversight in stripping citizenship from Irish citizens. Do we know what that procedure is likely to be? And actually, I suppose crucially, what role the Minister for Justice of the day will have in it? So we don't know the exact format of the new procedure. I suppose we can make some inferences from the Supreme Court judgment that it will probably be a committee of some sort made up of experts. You might have a retired judge on there, 
academic, barrister, etc., etc., who will examine cases, will hear evidence, may or may not hear evidence from the person directly concerned or may or may not be legal aid granted as there would be in, in cases where, say, someone is to be deported, someone, you know, have their asylum claim rejected. They're all entitled to legal aid. This new system might have oversights and protections in that regard um, in the hope of uh, fulfilling that Supreme Court judgment. Uh, it will require legislation, which will have to be brought through the doll at some point uh, this year and, and, and voted on. That shouldn't be too big a deal. That's more of a technicality rather than anything else. So I think it's fair to say we can expect some sort of committee similar enough to the last one, but with a lot more protections in place for the person who faces having their citizenship revoked. Connor, how does somebody become a citizen, an Irish citizen? Most of us are lucky enough that we become Irish citizens because we were born here to Irish parents. Um, other people have a harder time. Um, so one way is uh, you marry an Irish citizen. Uh, now that has some asterisks uh, applied to it as well. And that has to be a genuine marriage. And they are quite cracking down on, on marriages they believe to be false. And that is another reason why citizenships might be revoked if they determine later that a marriage was, was false. So perhaps the most common uh, route to citizenship is uh, people who have lived here for a certain number of years. So if you've lived here for uh, four out of the last eight years, you're entitled to uh, apply for citizenship. And you have to pay, I think it's about a thousand euro fee, uh, fill out a load of forms, make declarations. There'll be uh, checks against your background, checks on various, um, you know, Europol, Interpol databases. And if all that checks out, you get to go to one of these lovely citizenship ceremonies, get your Irish passport, and you're now officially an Irish citizen. So with all that, you say all these checks. So is the thinking then that Ali Sharif Dimash, that he was radicalised while he was here? If he came in here a very, you know, an upstanding Algerian citizen and he came in here, married an Irish woman, is that the implication of that? Well, I suppose there's only so much these checks can show up, you know. They can show up convictions um, and indeed they're not foolproof on that either. Uh, they can perhaps show up um, if you've associations with terrorists uh, or, or other kind of suspicious groups. But if you are someone who harbours sympathies towards Islamic terrorism but hasn't necessarily been very vocal about it, and this would have been before social media, you know, where people would broadcast their opinions uh, left, right and centre. Uh, so when he applied for citizenship, you know, there wasn't really any way of checking if he was uh, an adherent of Islamic terrorism. So he could well have been radicalised before he got here. It wasn't too long before he started his activities in terms of recruiting people after uh, gaining citizenship. But I suppose there's only so much you can check for when performing these checks. So what's going to happen to Ali Sharif Dimash now, do you think? Well, he is uh, currently uh, languishing in a US jail. We'll be there for a number more years. What's likely to happen is the state are going to, you know, he, he won his Supreme Court case, but it was essentially a reprieve um, because once the new system is put in place, you would have to imagine Sharif's case will be top of the list to revoke his citizenship under the new uh, system. Now, he can will be able to appeal that to whatever new system is put in place, and I'm sure it'll be a a couple more years before they're actually able to revoke a citizenship, presuming they are able to revoke a citizenship. Who knows if there's another speed bump on the road there. But from the state's point of view, they would like to revoke a citizenship before he's released so he can't come back here. 
Connor, there's one case that springs to my mind, certainly, and it was in the UK. And it was where this teenager is, if you remember, Shemima Begum. She went to Syria. She ended up marrying uh, an ISIS fighter. Uh, she's in a camp there now. But the UK moved to revoke her British citizenship. And they said, we are going to revoke a British citizenship because she's actually, she also has Bangladeshi citizenship. And her lawyers said, well, well, hold on, she doesn't. Yes, her parents are Bangladeshi. She's never been in Bangladesh. You can't do that. But her citizenship was revoked. That, I think, was because she, again, she had two citizenships. So terrorism, and of course, ISIS really honed into view and their actions and and people being recruited, people going off to fight. That, of course, was brought home to us when we had an Irish woman involved. Oh, that's right. The case of Lisa Smith, um, former member of the Defence Forces from County Loud, who uh, travelled to Syria to um, basically be what's become known as an ISIS bride, was married to uh, an ISIS uh, fighter, had a child with that person. Um, He was later killed and she was kind of located in a a refugee camp in Syria and extracted by, by the Irish government and brought back here. She was put on trial, sentenced to a number of years in prison uh, for terrorism offences. And the question was asked, you know, should she have her, her citizenship revoked? And this is a question that's been asked in lots of European countries since the rise and fall of ISIS, when you had lots of people traveling to fight for ISIS or to support ISIS in some ways. Some of those people are EU citizens by birth, some of them naturalized EU citizens, some of them are the child of immigrants. And so there's been a real push to revoke citizenship in a lot of those cases. Uh, Now, Lisa Smith didn't and could not have her citizenship revoked because she is born in County Loud. So she's an Irish citizen and you cannot make a person in the world a citizen of nowhere. You're a citizen of somewhere. Exactly. And there's also no provision to revoke uh, citizenship from from someone who isn't a naturalised citizen. Now, you mentioned the UK case, though, that that, uh, young woman, she was born in the UK. um, So why were they allowed to revoke her citizenship there? That's because she held Bangladeshi citizenship, as you said. And it's also possible that the state could revoke the citizenship in theory of a child born here because... As we know, a couple of decades ago, Michael McDowell, Minister for Justice, brought in the law uh, revoking birthright citizenship. So if you're a child born here to uh, non-citizen parents, you are not automatically entitled to citizenship. Um, so it's possible you could be born here, go to school here, uh, live your you know couple of decades of your life here, and then have your citizenship revoked because you would have citizenship presumably of your parents home country uh, that hasn't happened yet um, I don't know what view the Irish authorities would, would take on it obviously very controversial thing to do but it is technically and legally possible Now all the dates we've been thrown out here you know the 1956 Act 2015 2018 uh, Dimash in court in 2019 
this is a long process to revoke citizenship. Like this isn't this isn't speedy. Are we slow in our actions? Well, actually, the process itself, if everything goes well, isn't that long. I mean, the minister could just sign a form under the old system. The minister could sign a form and that's it. And you could appeal it to this committee. This committee doesn't have that many cases to process. As we said there, they've only done eight uh, between 2018 and 2021 when the law was struck down. Uh, so in theory, it could be a very quick process, much quicker than the asylum process with all of its, its appeals. Then the mass case was drawn out because he appealed it all the way to the Supreme Court and it was taken to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court accepted it because it was viewed as a constitutionally important issue which affects many other cases. So it's kind of a test case. We are have been using it quite sparingly, but when you compare it to how much it was used pre-2015, i.e. not at all, uh, it does reflect uh, an increasing willingness by the government to uh, go down this quite drastic route. Conor Gallagher, thanks very much. Thank you. That's it for today. For more of Conor Gallagher's reports, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by John Casey. In the news, we'll be back on Monday.